It'll be funnier if we just do one take. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, go. You ready for Look this? at the picture. See <laughs> the, <laughs> the skull, the part of bone removed, the master race Frankenstein radio controls, the brain thoughts broadcasting radio, the eyesight television Frankenstein earphone radio, the threshold brainwash radio, the latest new skulls reforming contain all Frankenstein controls, even in thin skulls of males, visible Frankenstein controls, the synthetic nerve radio disconnection antenna loop, make copies for yourself, there is no escape from this worst. Gangster police state use all the deadly gangster Frankenstein controls. In 1965, CIA gangster police beat me bloody, dragged me in chains from Kennedy Airport. Since then, I hired and forced jobless poverty, isolated alone in this low, deadly townhouse. The brazen, deadly gangster police and puppet underlings spray weed, poisonous nerve gas, and automobile exhaust, and even lawnmowers. Deadly assaults, even in my yard with knives, even bricks and stones, even deadly touch haven and electric shock flash. Remote like electronically drama. controlled Silver around corners, projection of deadly touch to ranchless spiders, mills, and even bloody murder accidents shut me up with a stake undetectable examination. Even with trained parroting puppets, assassins, and maximum security insanity prisons providing these well unforgivable truths, until my understandable examination, I, Francis E. Deck, Esquire, 29 Maple Avenue, Hampstead, New York, I stand alone against you, mad, deadly worldwide conspirator, gangster, computer god, communist, Wall to wall, deadly do what you gotta do. Lifelong spawn comparatives, early incorporated organizers, crime, police, and judge, deadly state parroting, public gangster, deadly Frankenstein controls. These hangman ropes need deadly gangsters and judges and police, trap, rob, break, butcher, and murder people to keep them terrorized. Gangster Frankenstein earphone radio slavery for the communist gangster government and the con artists parroting puppet gangstering playboy scum on top. The secret work of all world in world of maintaining communist closed society. You know, it's the same worldwide net that becomes gangster computer god that controls you. What the that was great. fuck did I just listen <laughs> to that? That was great. What the fuck? That, hey, that's the way it worked. Man, once we really hit stride, great. we really hit stride. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to listen to that, but Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. No, this, this rant is like some lawyer, like went insane and just started like handing out these pamphlets everywhere in 1965 oh, talking uh, about the communist gangster computer gods trying to take over the world wow <laughs> it's like this in 1965 cia gangster police bleat me buddy dragged me in chains from kennedy new york airport since then i hide in forced jobless poverty isolated alone in this low deadly townhouse the brazen deadly gangster police and puppet underlings spray me with poisonous nerve gas from automobile exhaust and even lawnmowers <laughs> what That's, the fuck? That sounds like schizophrenia to me. It does. That damn. sounds like schizophrenia. Yeah. And then, he's like, just like stuck in some like rundown house, just looking at lawnmowers, like they're trying to kill me. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. It, that's. Worldwide systematic instant plastic surgery, butchery, murder, fake aging. So all people are dead or useless by age 70. Done at night. So you, as a Frankenstein slave, parroting puppet, gangster slave, now even you know I am a menace to your worldwide mad, deadly, communist, gangster computer god. <laughs> I like his cadence and his flow with that. It's just it's like, damn, dude. <laughs> like, he, he's not like he's spitting. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs>
And the last line really seals it all together. Donate your money or even a manual typewriter to me for your only hope for a future. (laughs) (laughs) Not one of those computerized typewriters. Manual typewriter. Hi, my name is Sabrina, and I'm pretty sure that Australians use Vegemite as lube. Yee. Jesus. (laughs) My name is Matt. And I'm convinced that drop bears have knife fights with kangaroos in the streets in Australia. What the hell is a drop bear? A drop bear? My name is Goose, and I believe that the American economy is 95% funded by Ford Rangers. <laughs> that's, that's probably true. That's probably true. <laughs> and this is... Sumo punks. <laughs> so is so, the Vegemite thing not true? Because you guys put that shit on everything, right? So I just assumed you'd put it on your dicks too. Is that, that not is so gross? <laughs> <laughs> so sticky. <laughs> Isn't it like a yeast-based? It, it's uh, like tar. <laughs> it is. It's a yeast tar. Is that what it is? Yeah. But the yeast isn't alive, so it won't give you a yeast infection. It's, it's you spins. would not be able to get pulled apart if you use that. <laughs> <laughs> You'd just be like two dogs stuck together. Yeah. <laughs> res dogs. You've been hanging out with me too long. Well, stuck together res dogs. <laughs> I, guess I, I guess I agree to this. But... <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm Goose. Subscribe to Salt City Sumo on YouTube. We do every day of every top division tournament. Of every year, I probably said that wrong, but you get the point. Catch us from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Brisbane time. I don't know how to convert that to inches and feet, but, you know. (laughs) (laughs) We could figure it out. But uh, I I usually see you guys around, like, uh, YouTube, Twitch, uh, usually really late at night whenever the upper division's going. 2 a.m. or some shit, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we we go live with Japan, which for Americans is, like, midnight, but for Australia is 5 p.m. And I finish work at 4 p.m. It's so good. (laughs) I'm so jealous of that. Uh, (laughs) So good. How dare you have a preferable timeline for watching Sumo? <laughs> he lives in the future. That's, I mean, literally, he does. He's in that oh, whole yeah, other... true. Huh? <laughs> hmm. All right, so uh, was, we have the goose. I've heard with you us. also like Sumo. Yeah. 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 True. And we're here to talk about uh, amateur sumo today. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Those of us layman yeah. folk who like to uh, strap on the mawashi and uh, hop into the dojo ourselves. Yes. Not the living gods in Japan who mount the official dojo at the Kokuki Con or wherever the hell else Nagoya. So I, I I have a complaint. Dolphins Arena. Yeah, the <laughs> Dolphins Arena. I have a complaint. What's a complaint? At the Consulate's Cup, there was a popular uh, sumo live streamer in the audience who had uh, taped some of the action and uh, some of this person's uh, live stream audience. A popular sumo live streamer? Yeah. Oh, fuck it. I'll just say his name. We could bleep it out if we need to. 
Yo. I don't even, so, even know who that is. He's a he's a YouTube streamer, and he has... He must not be that popular if I don't know him. <laughs> you might have just blocked him out. I don't know. I'm, anyway. I'm really bad at remembering names and faces, so most people just don't exist to me unless they're literally right in front of me. But go on. So this person was there, and they uh, taped a little bit of the action... I guess their microphone malfunctioned, so a lot of yeah. the video doesn't have any audio. So you can't hear the quote-unquote commentary, but you can see a lot of uh, of his audience, you know, that watches the live streams leaving comments on the video, and it's just some of the most ignorant shit. Oh, so your issue isn't with him, it's oh, with the, the thing that the I do have against The thing that I had against him is whenever he said, I just don't understand the pull noodle Tawara. <laughs> It's regulation that <laughs> International Sumo Federation makes us use that. Does he That's, have his own doyo? He does not. He's never built a doyo before? I don't think so. Uh, mm. So it's Is this where we start podcasting? And resource intensive to dig into the dirt and build your own straw bales and <laughs> and plant them into the ground. And you need to be able to leave the area because it's not your ground that you went on. That's yeah. a simple explanation. Pretty much, yeah. So whenever we have like these demonstrations or, you know, these tournaments, you know, we have to get set up and then like, you know, get out of there pretty quickly. So we can't just dig in the dirt and take a, you know, three day time frame to build this thing, you know. Oh, like, um, uh, uh, like Gabe Eunuch up in uh, Michigan, who took like several days to build, hand build a actual dirt doyo by himself. He's doing it again, too, for the upcoming tournament. I know. Oh, I but heard. Anyway, I digress about construction uh, takes a while. Yeah. Mm. So this guy had, you know, was, you know, complaining about the pull noodle Tawara, but his audience members leaving comments on the video left something to be desired. Like a couple of these guys said, I don't think any of these guys would ever get past Jody Don or Joni Coochie. It's like, all right, I see a lot of wannabe Jonah Coochies in there. It's like, dude, you know, Jonah Coochie dudes are like 16. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're little guys, you know, they're in the midst Both of... Both of us, some of you wouldn't be able to. Yeah. The level of skill in pro sumo is ridiculous. Let me tell a quick little story. Yeah. So in Australia, the number one rickshaw that we have is Caleb. He's 140 kilos, most of it's muscle. With mm-hmm. a protective layer of fat on top. Yeah. And for Americans wondering, I think that's 300 something pounds. Yeah, that's, yeah, so Close, closer to 400. Yeah. I got to translate a lot in my head. Apologies. <laughs> he, he won the Australian heavyweight trophy and the Australian openweight trophy. He's the best we have in the nation. He's, I went with him to train with Minaminashima. You can Ooh. find him on Sumo DB. He won a fourth division U show and he retired, never making it out of third division. He had a Makushita 29 was his highest rank. He retired in 2008. He's a bit more out of shape since 2008. I watched him beat Caleb six times in a row and make it look easy. Wow. (laughs) That's fucking I I mean, I don't doubt it because it's just so different uh, getting to actually be in Japan and immersed in that sumo culture and learning it that way than it is to be like here in the US or there in Australia or wherever the hell yeah. else and just kind of trying to piece it together on your own. You know, it's it's such a different experience. So... Yes. 
But you know, so that's how that's a way to contextualize the level of skill even at third division. So yeah. when those guys are in the comments like, oh, they wouldn't be able to beat even a fifth division. Yes, that's because weekend hobbyists are not as good as pros. That's <laughs> that's very true. Yet at the same time, there are some, I wouldn't necessarily say weekend hobbyists. I'd say amateur competitors on the international level and, and specifically yeah. the international level that, you know, just may not have been able to make it into a Haya. Like Minde, you know, Minde that uh, competed at yeah, the yeah. U.S. Open. That guy is, you know, an amateur sumo wrestler, but he definitely has what it takes. I honestly think he probably has like as of right now maybe makushta or jurio level skill just you know seeing who he fights and how he fights them or edo yeah edabo edabo konieha is actually trying to go pro he was at the consulates cup as well he uh he took gold in uh in his division haven't you fought edo before Goose? Good, man. uh in i beat him in training once and then he beat me every single other time since. <laughs> but i beat him in training once <laughs> But yeah, Edo's uh, he's an he's insanely strong and he's incredibly and skilled. agile and quick. Hell yeah, he's even though he he's has an a, he has a very he uh, slender frame, but his strength is otherworldly. He pushed me out, and it felt like Hayden pushing me out. You know? Yeah, Hayden's another one yeah, of the he heavyweights from Dallas. Yeah, Hayden's really fucking good. I think Hayden's like, he is the best heavyweight that we have, you know, in Dallas. Mm -hmm. And then you have guys like Mark Jones in Florida, you know, Gorilla Sumo Band. Mark Jones is fucking amazing and his strength is, he is Herculean, like seriously. And do you know who beat him? Minde. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so you have other people, uh, you know, that have gone from the amateur circuit into pro. So look yeah. at Shodai. That's why he wrestles by the name Shodai is because that's he, you know, built up a reputation in the amateur circuit. You know, the college. True. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you have guys like Endo, uh, Ichi Nojo even, you know, that's looking. Ura. Yeah. Uda. Oh, definitely Uda. Back whenever Uda was like, a, was he a lightweight or a middleweight? But uh, uh, the 2013. Lightweight. Yeah. 2013 World Combat Games, you could see a bony Uda kicking people's ass. But I think uh, a lot of these people that look at pro sumo and then they just kind of see something like, you know, like a small regional tournament or, you know, just kind of like... If you're trying to compare the two... Yeah, it's like comparing, you know, uh, Major League Baseball with fucking, you know, some guys, you know corporate softball league yeah you know, it's, it's not the same <laughs> yeah. kind of thing you know that's that's one of the main gripes from my coach in brisbane who came fifth at the world combat games for sumo oh wow is we are amateurs we are not the pros there is a world of difference between us oh, exactly yeah. exactly i mean not not i mean there's we, like I work forty hours a week and I have to go do chores. I'm in a band, you know, and I, I I do things. I could only really dedicate just a couple of days a week to sumo. I, I'd like to do my exercises and keep my physical fitness up, and I like to compete. But I'm not living it every day. I'm not waking up at four right. in the morning and you know making Sabrina and breakfast. To you're not going <laughs> to a university that's like heavily sumo focused or anything yeah, like that. So I'm I'm not living yeah. living the chaos. I'm fucking you know just chilling. I'm in the in an opposite side of a similar kind of story like that but in a different way i'm one of the stronger people i know not for a brag or anything but 
I work in, I've worked physical jobs for 10 years. I've been doing martial arts for 10 years. I'm just very athletic naturally. Yeah. And I've spent a lot of time trying to be strong. Yeah, I've, and I've, I've like seen this, you in person. Like I've given you a hug. Skill. I can attest yeah. to your musculature. <laughs> Damn shoulders, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, but I lack the physical skill for sumo. And so I can get into these lockups and can I withstand, but I don't know what to do in situations and I get tossed around and beaten by skill because I'm not able to come up with things like that. So it's, you train a lot more than me. I work out a lot more than you. And because of that, we both have strong limitations because we're only doing one aspect of it. Right. Goose, how long have um, you been doing sumo? Half a year. But oh. that doesn't mean six months because in Brisbane, uh, sumo is very niche. Yeah. And there's only one training session a month because that's all the coach uh, has the time to do. Oh, wow. So a lot of your training is probably solo, right? No. Um. So Kintanagama Bay in Brisbane, uh, there's coach there's me and there's two other guys who are the four dedicated there every time people and then there's usually one other person who comes in to try it and floats through Mm. and then there's this high school girl and her mom that are just weebs and do it for fun (laughs) they come around too so they're adorable by the way it's um the the first time i ever versed her she's 17 like we did the tachi eye i didn't try to break her jaw we clashed she tried to like position I grabbed the belt and just lifted her up and then just walked very slowly and placed her out. Oh. <laughs> you an ocean, dude. Yeah, as I picked her up, she went, oh. <laughs> when I place her down from behind me, I hear, you bully. And I look, and it's my coach waiting in Itachi Eye ready for me. <laughs> he whooped my ass. <laughs> Deservedly so. Well, shout out to the high school girl anyway. That's, <laughs> you know, it takes guts to even get in the ring and do that to begin with. I know, right? Now, we have uh, a few people on the uh, Dallas team that are we got from anime conventions, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. one of them is Erin. Yeah. And uh, she's she, uh, she did Taekwondo, so she's not, you know, completely foreign to martial arts. Mm-hmm. But right. whenever uh, we did the Roller Town, you know, remember... Or were you familiar with that I event? saw it. I didn't compete. Yeah, okay. the Roller Town tournament where we had Gagamaru. I saw the stream. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Gagamaru did like a training session with us. But uh, anyway. Speaking of adorable. <laughs> so we had a, uh, it was like co-ed, you know, because it was all exhibition matches, you know, so it was co-ed. So, you know, it would like be boys fighting girls, whatever. And I got to fight Aaron, you know, so I fight Aaron at practice, you know, a lot whenever she, you know, shows up to practice. I was getting ready to like, you know, kind of do the suridashi and just kind of lift her out. But she like wrapped her leg, you know, her legs around my torso and she's just got like a hold of like my arms. So I had to kind of squat down, you know, like kind of holding her. She looking. was like spider monkeying you. Yeah, she was like, it was like a spider. I, I had to like very gently power bomb her you know, onto the, onto the mm. floor. <laughs> There's a picture. It's hilarious. Oh, my God. But, yeah, that's a good place to recruit if you are looking for new members. And it's something that I think most people don't 
think about just because it sounds so fucking corny, but the anime nerds are going to be interested in doing sumo. Trust me. No, they, they got are. heart and they got fucking passion. The last You might want to recruit from other martial arts first, but you're really missing out if you're overlooking the weebs. <laughs> yeah, we went to um, Anime Dallas last November or December, and uh, there was a guy there that was dressed like Vegeta. But this dude was fucking <laughs> jacked. I mean, this dude had like muscles. I think he was like probably a Brazilian. I remember the video. I remember the video when he got in the ring with you guys. Yeah, well, it was with Chad New. Yeah. So like he, he was kind of had a similar build to Chad New. You know, they, they were both lightweight physiques, but they were just manhandling the shit out of each other. And his little Vegeta wig was just still sticking straight up, you know, the whole time. That's fantastic. Shout out to Chad from Dark Circle. Hell yeah. <laughs> But I and, and Vegeta and Vegeta. <laughs> <laughs> but all of these uh, like little uh, anime conventions, you really will find like hidden treasures in there. There's somebody that might just say, you know, I don't know. I just came with my kid sister to you know make sure creeps don't hit on her. And oh, what's this? These guys in Mawashi's beating the shit out of each other. I want to try that. Or maybe the kid sister wants to try it. You yeah, know, fuck yeah. she can put a mawashi over her fucking Madoka costume or whatever. <laughs> the the thing is, I appreciate the advice. However, it's up to my coach, not me, and I don't want to have to bombard him with stuff like this. Also, Brisbane's a lot smaller than Texas. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. Hang on, let's try that again. Dallas. Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> I was say, Texas is huge. <laughs> Texas might as well be its own country, and there's definitely a lot of people here who wish it was. What is the population Possible. of Brisbane, anyway? Uh, more than 12. I don't know. Let me take a look. <laughs> it's like a couple million, I think. Maybe 1.3. What's the population of DFW area? There's, on, there's only 20 not. million people in Australia. It might be 30 million now. Because you guys all live like on the coasts, right? Like no one really lives like in the middle of Australia. Yeah. The only thing happening do, in the middle of Australia is fucking lizards fucking. It is <laughs> close. And Coopapedia, a place so hot they live underground. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Brisbane's only got 2.2 million in it. 3.2 million. So Dallas has probably more than that. So the metro area population of Dallas-Fort Worth in 2021 was 6,397,000. So about twice what Brisbane has. And that's that's like Dallas and Fort Worth combined. Yeah. Right. And that's excluding areas like McKinney and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Th- How do you know about McKinney? He's, he's been <laughs> here. Oh, no, it's got McKinney. Yeah, that's um, that's Dallas, Tarrant, mm-hmm. uh Denton County and Collin, Collin County. County. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the people I stayed with lived in McKinney. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. You know, so, but- no, to, uh, if you want to understand why Australia is so big, yeah, there's so little people there. Um, if you look along the East Coast, which we just refer to as we don't because that's where all the people are. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a giant mountain range called the Great Dividing Range. And rain clouds can't really get over it, so all the water drops down on just the east coastline, and that's where all the trees are. If you look at a map of all of Australia, and then everything else is just fuck off desert. Yeah. Yeah. You just can't live there. It's inhospitable, and people build cities there anyway. And then all the way over on the west is Perth, which isn't even like a coastline. We just call it Perth. (laughs) (laughs) Like, okay, do you like... Does everyone in Australia kind of look at Perth like they're the like the weirdos? It's like, why do you live way the fuck over there? If they weren't so good at AFL, yeah, we would. <laughs> Is it like how people so in like, the U.S. look at people from Maine? 
Except not as cold. Pretty much. <laughs> it's like they do good wine and they kick a ball pretty well. So because of that, uh, Perth isn't exactly disrespected. Oh, gotcha. I see. The real one is Darwin. Darwin? I'm scared of people from Darwin. <laughs> They're as close to the equator as you can get. There is nothing there. It sucks. Where is Darwin in Australia? I'm trying to remember. It's, it's been a while since north. I looked at an Australian map. Like, because that's like where the that's like swampy crocodile type shit is, right? Yeah. Speaking of crocodiles, you guys have like all kinds of crazy, deadly shit there. So, I've seen that's like all Americans ever want to talk about when it comes to Australia is the weird ass animals. Your deadly shit that you uh, have there. <laughs> I mean. It's like sometimes it's like oh no it's this like urban legend and other times like yeah I've seen a blurring octopus at the beach before oh Jesus <laughs> what about like a fucking uh, like what are those are those yeah, huntsman spiders yeah oh. they're around so what do you do with those crazy ass poisonous spiders you just kind of like oh yeah you're chilling there guess I'll walk around yeah they usually don't bother you if you don't bother them yeah That's good. Uh, there was a bird eating spider when I was like eight just chilling on the veranda oh Wait, that was Jesus. fun. Australia has bird-eating spiders? Yeah, it was big yeah, at least one from what I've seen. Whoa! I knew they got them down in South America, but I didn't know they had them in Australia. Yeah, they um, Oh, it's... Shit. Even, like, the wildlife that isn't deadly, uh, it's swooping season at the moment. Which means <laughs> if you walk past a magpie's Fucking nest, magpies. it'll try to attack you. Yes! Oh, my God, I've seen videos of those fucking magpies. <laughs> like, people on their bikes trying to, like, you know, ride around. There's magpies just swooping the shit out of them. Listen, one of my passions is animals attacking humans, okay? So I've okay. watched a lot of these magpie videos, and they just don't give a fuck. They just hate people so goddamn much. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter if you're just minding your own business. You're going to get fucking dive bombed. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, no, like, in the upcoming months, there's going to be, like, signs that are just put up where it's like, yeah, watch out. <laughs> it's a genuine problem. That's is it? And it's just—is that just like in your area? Because I don't. It, it wouldn't be all over the country. It would just be in like oh, the, certain parts, right? Uh, it gets more deadly the further into the center of Australia you get. You want to know something interesting? Mm. The ten most deadly snakes in Australia and the world. I might have given away the punchline here. <laughs> Seven of them are in Australia. Jeez. And then there's the box jellyfish, and then there's yeah, the, but those only uh, go way out. There's uh, some plants that are, like, pretty heinous, Cone too. shells are the worst, because you just don't look at them. It's some type of urchin thing that's, like, just in Bondi that can stab your foot. Yeah. yeah. So you live, like, what? in the middle of, like, the dangerous, most fucking hostile fucking territory, and you're learning sumo while living there. Yeah, but we built a city, and that keeps most of it out. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm going to say um, something really stupid now. Have you ever thought about putting a mawashi on a kangaroo? Not even once, but now it's all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So do, that is terrifying to think of it. <laughs> so do kangaroos and fucking like wallabies just kind of like wander into like people's yards and dig in the trash and shit? And the further out you go, it can be. There's a few golf courses that got like uh, wallabies just kind of chilling around. It's probably like Ceramate the fucking- wineries, fair bit north, and you can just see kangaroos just hanging out. In the backyard there. Yeah, probably like the bears up in like the northwest. Yeah. The Pacific Northwest. People where they'll the... they have to like lock their trash cans because the bears will just come into their yard and try to fucking Like Alaska they got the moose, the moose do that. Oh too. in Alaska too, yeah. Apparently like yeah, um 
every like month or two, there's like a news story of like some town that's like along a highway that just gets terrorized by like a two meter tall red kangaroo oh, that's just, like, just running around and being a problem. People can't walk their dogs anymore. Oh no! <laughs> so the kangaroo just bullies the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, that's just like what are you doing walking towards me? <laughs> So if I went to Australia and I wanted to live in a tank and have a kangaroo boyfriend, <laughs> it would. I would advise against that. Are you sure? Oh. No, no living. I in can't tanks. stop you. I can't. I can't be the tank girl. <laughs> you know, try it. See what happens. Yeah, then you're gonna have to hang out with Ice T and fight Malcolm McDowell. <laughs> Are you yes. about that life? I might be actually. <laughs> All right, we have strayed. Yeah, yeah. We, we have strayed, strayed very so far, far from the fucking topic. Okay. Hey, so I did try to get it back on topic by asking about uh, it's, it's sumo kangaroos. Almost a rite of passage when you're talking to someone as an Australian, where it's like, ah, oh, wildlife. Uh, let's do this bit for, for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, no. I tried really hard uh, not to. Uh, I, 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 I waited till I at least knew you for like uh, yeah. some months first. <laughs> Fair no. enough. But I am fascinated by the current state of amateur sumo. It feels like it's about to go off, doesn't it? It does. It really does. There's been a whole swelling of... YouTubers, just, you know, people that have nothing to do with sumo, all of a sudden hanging out with sumo wrestlers. Uh, you see Yama yeah. all over the place. Uh, yeah. Booty Pie, Eddie Hall. Um, there were some other people that just randomly just put up sumo videos around the same uh, time. Sensei Seth has yeah. actually yeah. joined, um, I think he actually Yeah, he's a part Raijin. of Raijin Sumo now. Yeah, Raijin Sumo Club in Beats. South Carolina. It's, shit, Matt has been on a couple of... Um, Oh, uh, what's that with uh, Preston and Brianna? There's some uh, YouTubers that are based around the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and they do a lot of... Uh, that have, like, millions of followers. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> freaking wild. But uh, that, that was a lot of fun. Uh, they just wanted somebody to, uh, you know, to be a sumo wrestler and knock a bunch of stuff around. So I was like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Dumb deal. Yeah. But I, but other than like you know the whole swelling of uh, people, I guess doing vlogs is that what they what that is making YouTube making videos, videos about, and yeah, there's yeah. a whole bunch of uh, like Maysay was in a movie. I can't remember the name of the movie that he was in. He was yeah, and then you had uh, Yama was in John Wick, and then um, oh that's right, who was it that was in Sanctuary? Uh, Shizu Uchi from Sanctuary was in John Wick Four. Yeah, really? Yama wasn't in as a sumo though. He was just there as an enormous human. Yeah, yeah, an, an impossible like to kill human. Yeah, it was very hard to kill in that. He gets shot in the head, and then like John does a phone call, and then like he tries to get up, and then gets <laughs> shot in the head again. And that's what <laughs> but it just seems like the you know sumos everywhere these days, and I'm really freaking loving it. Because something I've noticed, because like Sanctuary put it in the public mind a lot, but like people that are like forty and older. I notice this a lot where it's um, like you'll mention sumo to them and if they know about it they go oh i used to see that on yeah they used to be on tv yeah and then it went away and i've had no idea how to find it again for the last 20 years and then they'll ask you questions it's like oh how do i watch this oh what's this oh and they're suddenly really interested so something that's holding it back that can really be fixed is just straight up attention where it's like no you can watch live sumo 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's one of the things that I noticed as well whenever I was younger. Um, and we were talking to Caleb Backus. You met Caleb Backus from Mighty Eagle. He uh, uh, Big Bull guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah, he was telling us that when he first got into sumo, it was uh, whenever, I think it was in the 90s, uh, he was mm-hmm. in high school. And that's whenever the Hawaiians, the 90s. yeah, the Hawaiians were still, you know, active. So there was like Kanishiki, Musashimaru, and Akibono. So he was able to watch those guys, or at least the highlights, you know, because uh, ESPN, right. that's the, you know, American Sports Network channel, whatever. Yeah. But they would actually show the sumo highlights. And that was really fucking cool. And in Europe, they had Eurosport, mm-hmm. you know, and they were, I think they had French and English audio, and that was really fucking cool. I, I, you could still find a lot of that old Eurosport stuff on YouTube. It's really awesome. But, yeah, but then in Australia, like we now. had SBS. In Australia, we had SBS, which was um, like, there's the regular TV channels. And then there's SBS, which is like the foreign stuff, where it's like at 11 o'clock on a Tuesday, they'll do the Greek news or something like that. Oh, weird. Half an hour. <laughs> In Greek. Oh, wow. So they would do sumo at, like, Friday or Saturday night or something for those who wanted to watch it. That's how we got it back then. See, the only time that I ever really remember sumo from back then was uh, the European Amateur Sumo Championships. and Right. Yeah, it was really fucking cool. And I just remember, you know, just drinking whiskey in my underwear, staring at the TV like, dude, what the fuck? But whenever... So there is... Go ahead, go ahead. Definitely people ready to watch sumo because like from like from my show from leo dickens from Mm -hmm. like they i don't know what they're called but they change all the time because they keep getting deleted because it's just the raw nhk footage or abema there's a guy who does like both of those simultaneously and midnight sumo there's about three thousand people that watch sumo live each night yeah and that number can very easily grow just because the ignorance of those people of those channels that just people just don't know it's there Exactly. And then there's guys like uh, Nato that gets like up to 10k views on his highlights every night as well. Yeah, and then his stuff keeps getting deleted too. It's <laughs> as, like only on YouTube. <laughs> as far as amateur sumo though, one of the issues, and I can't confirm this, but this is something that I have heard from people who are apparently in the know. Uh, at least for the U.S., there was a lot of hesitancy with producing content for amateur sumo here for a pretty long time before the last couple of years when all these new clubs started popping up and especially clubs like like dallas where you have the head coach is uh, what would you call him? A videographer? Videographer. Is that filmmaker. Yeah. He's, Film dude. He's Film like dude. super fucking like content creator, audio visual dude. And so, of course, the first thing he's going to want to do after he starts his club is start making videos for it. And I think that's one of the reasons why, again, at least in the U.S., it has blown up so much lately is because you are now having these uh, younger folks coming in who are more savvy with like online content and uh, you know getting this stuff in front of other people's eyeballs and even then some of the old establishment is kind of I don't know, probably jealous or whatever but (laughs) (laughs) but I've noticed that 
the uh, content, especially here lately, that has been involving sumo wrestlers has been people that aren't necessarily involved in sumo, just wanting to be around it or wanting to explore it or, you know, yeah. it's something new and novel to them. Um, I'm starting to notice more and more content coming from amateur sumo wrestlers themselves. Yes. But I really do think that it was, you know, Corey and Dallas that kind of broke the mold. But uh, there are people that have already been recording their Keikos, like Dark Circle records their Keikos, uh, Mighty Eagle, um, Raijin, Rain City, freaking Ohio. I think both Ohios mm-hmm. do. So, um, so it's people are wanting to watch themselves, you know, wanting to watch tape or watch tape of other people, try to pick up some new techniques, try to learn some new training. Um, and especially people that are just now starting sumo or wanting to explore sumo, they can like, watch the videos and practice along with us yeah you know, and, and like learn from the videos that is very yeah. useful for new people but i just i kind of wish there were some more official uh platform for you know not only getting pro sumo in front of people who want to see it but also amateur sumo and not just in the u.s but all over yeah well sabrina what's up I have good news. <gasps> really? Uh, Sumo Primetime are going to be live streaming day two and day 13 of this bar show. Mm. Uh, live streaming? Both two hours of it. Wow. With Hiro Moita on commentary. Holy shit. I get, hadn't heard that yet. That means we get to harass them. That's awesome. Oh, yes. you bet your ass I'm going to be on there. So, fucking <laughs> harassing So this them. is what I've been umming and ahhing about for the last year come to reality. There is now an official way on YouTube to watch Pro Sumo. Even if it's not the whole Basho, like, I mean, that's a good a start. start. Yeah. yeah. If it goes well, if they start making money off it, they can easily turn it into a 15-day thing. And then I can retire. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what, what I like to do is to talk shit about um, the sumo world, whether it be amateur or pro. So even if there is uh, an, an official way to watch, I'm still going to be recording myself running my mouth about it. So. We have opinions, well, damn it. Subscribed to Salt, you should have subscribed to Salt City Sumo on YouTube then. Because that's about... <laughs> a lot of what we do hell yeah and like, i am subscribed so many now. people yeah so many people uh come into our chat and it's like oh man it's really refreshing to hear you because like i said i don't think this guy is good and they banned me for it because i'm supposed to respect sumo meanwhile i'm sitting here oh here comes fucking kagiyaki dork no one likes kagiyaki i know fucking banana titties ass motherfucker <laughs> No, right? Get him out of here. Back to Jurio. I know, right? Shit. So, and that's that's the thing. You can still respect sumo. I have the utmost respect for sumo. I am a sumo tori. I just like to talk shit. It's why fun. do people <laughs> pretend that even like the Rikshi themselves don't have a sense of humor? I mean, come on. Like, I mean, there's also these, like it doesn't have to be all super serious bar. and ceremonial all the time. Go to any bar for any sport ever at night. And what do you hear? This fucking ref. Why'd they put this guy on the team? Coach doesn't know what he's fucking doing. Exactly. Yeah. And you know what? Those I bet you anything you hear the sport. same thing at bars in Japan playing sumo at those fucking bars and people sitting around the fucking bar saying, oh, this fucking Koji doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. He's like, what are you doing, Ono Show? Get out of there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
those people screaming at the TV love that sport more than anything else. Mm-hmm. They respect it immensely. They've spent their life watching it and playing it and learning about it. So, yeah. like, when I see this attitude where it's like you have to respect the whole, it's a religious tradition. You have to respect the whole thing. We have to honor the culture. No, we don't. <laughs> I mean, you can do both, honestly, you know, because yeah. I, I respect yeah. it uh, from, like, you know, the cultural and, you know, uh, it's not my religion, but I respect, you know, their, you know, religious practices. And even if you think about it, it's not necessarily like, a huge active mainstream religion as much as it is just, you know, an infused something that's infused within, you know, Japanese culture and society at large. It's part of their identity and who they are, you know, so I can respect that, but yeah. I, I can respect that. And I could say that fucking Kagayaki's a dork in the same fucking breath and that's okay. Yeah. You know, they do it too. In Japan, you ever see uh, any of these like little blogs or vlog YouTube channels that people do? If you like start playing it and, you know, run the uh, auto translate, those guys are talking just as much shit as we are. So. Dude, I have been right. on Japanese sumo forums yeah. and uh, I mean, it's a translation. Yeah, but they talk just as much shit about like all the same stuff that we do. Yeah, really. even Sumo Twitter. Yeah, you know, and, and what's funny is on, on Sumo Twitter, they're tickled by some of the things that we say. You know, like calling <laughs> Takakesho Battle Hamster. Yeah, yeah, they thought that was fucking hilarious. That that made national headlines in Japan. They're like, and foreigners yeah. like to call him Battle Hamster. <laughs> yeah, no, there's um. You see things like that where, like, just trying to figure out, well, what do the other people do? What are they going on about? Because yeah. um, a third of Assault City's audience is Japanese for some reason. Oh, that's oh awesome. wow, really? <laughs> yeah, and I assume it's just, like, you know, middle-aged Japanese people going, like, like oh, I know, I know sumo, but, like, what, what are these guys on about? Like, why do, why do these weird white boys, why do they care? What's going on here? <laughs> That makes me kind of curious, like, what percentage of our audience is Japanese, and now I want to look it up. Well, we have that one Japanese friend, Yuki. Hi, Yuki! At the Glitter Factory in Tokyo, and uh, whatever sanctuary came out, and they had all of those promotional, uh, like, murals. I mean, huge murals. One of them was, like, a, a rikishi laying on his side. It was either a train stop or a bus stop, but she, you know, sent us all of these pictures of her... Crazy adventures in real Goku where all of these giant sanctuary murals were. It was really fucking cool. And Yuki's always, you know, sending us all kinds of cool shit. Oh, wow. 5% of our listeners are from Taiwan. Hmm. So do we have... Oh, about 1% are Japanese. 1%. So that's Yuki. (laughs) Thanks, Yuki. We don't really have a lot of followers built up yet, but... (laughs) There's my most treasured watcher of the show that I genuinely appreciate more than everyone else, and I'm saying this sincerely, is there's this one Russian name that I don't know how to pronounce, but it has the letters B and K in it. Oh. So his name is BK. <laughs> BK. And he types something in Japanese. It's the same sentence every time. And it basically just says, hello, thank you for putting on the show, and then a wave emoji. Aww. And whenever that happens, you can watch literally any day of our show. And it'll just be, hi, BK. <laughs> <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> 
and that's the only thing he will say for the entire two hours, but he'll still be there. Hell yeah. <laughs> I wonder if he'd get it if I started referring fan. to him as Burger King. Burger King. He is. <laughs> I, I accept that. <laughs> there, was, there was one time he ever said anything, and it was five minutes into him saying hello. He goes, hello, show title, day 11, but it is day 12. Please fix. Oh. Oh. <laughs> update the episode and he was right <laughs> oh was I oh shit thanks BK <laughs> yeah, thanks BK I'll get around right that man a burger yeah <laughs> but you know what's really funny is I think that sometimes people that watch pro sumo and only pro sumo and they want to you know stick everything on this pedestal uh, I think they're just afraid of being offensive or afraid of trying to uh I don't know, but but in doing that and being like super protective and not wanting to step on any toes, walking in eggshells over someone else's, you know, cultural export, they end up being super gatekeepery about it. Yeah. They mm. like to gatekeep something that's not even theirs to begin with. Yeah, they're like, Well, sumo's my super secret clubhouse and I know everything about sumo and you don't, you're just some noob and you can't it's a talk TV that way. Show. Yeah. I'm actually it's a public curious. broadcast TV show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious how many people who do follow Pro Sumo follow more than just the Boshos though. Like how many people are uh viewing the Junio content? I love the Junio stuff. That yeah, like I mean they literally have comedy sumo that they do during these tours, which is like some of my favorite Things that they do. Hell yeah. You know? That sounds great. Was it called a uh, Shokiri, I think? Uh, I can't remember the exact term for it. Yeah. We'll have to put it in our game show episode that we've been <laughs> working on oh, look, for as, about a year now. <laughs> as someone who broadcasts the uh, two hours of Top Division, all 15 days of World Basha, subscribe to Salt City Sumo. <laughs> I didn't even know about that kind of stuff until I saw guys like Chris Sumo doing that. So I had to go out of my way to find um, tangential content to actually learn about that part of the sport. That's that's kind so, of what happened to us as well. Whenever we first got into sumo was uh, 2018. So we only had a little bit to kind of really get the hang of things before the pandemic happened. And then they shut all that shit down. So now that they're doing the Jungo stuff, it's just like it's super fucking interesting because now that we've become a lot more educated and informed about sumo seeing the juno right. is a lot it brings me a lot more joy and, and, and you can see the ricochet just being dudes you know they're not trying to look all stoic and they're not trying to put on that fucking you know that yeah they're just being themselves yeah they're doing shit like you know pinching each other's nipples and fucking sack tapping <laughs> each other and fucking you know just being jackasses and it's great it's just like see those are 20 something year old dudes just yeah. being jackasses it's like yep it's a it's a global phenomenon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I I love the Junyo stuff and um what I really love is those stupid fucking Japanese game shows or talk shows that they go on. Oh yeah. Like where you had like Abi picking up that fish and harassing Matakiyumi with it. He's just <laughs> just holding this and Matakiyumi's like what? No, just like holding him at arm's length and Abi's just just tormenting him with the fish. Fantastic. <laughs> it's so stupid. I, I know it's just so silly. It's almost teeny bopperish in a way. It's just like, oh my god, I need to see my sumo guys doing all kinds of crazy off the wall shit. But I, I just love that stuff. But I think going back to the original point is 
Yeah, you do have these people that have kind of a skewed view of what to expect in amateur sumo because of the kind of content they're consuming when it comes to pro sumo. Yeah. No, that is something I learned uh, very suddenly where it's like, the way you, the way you look at the Torikumi or the Banzuke, mm. even like the lower half of top division, you kind of like dismiss. Yeah, and, I can't remember those like, people's names half the time, <laughs> to be quite honest. I have them all memorized. Yeah. That's no harsh criticism. It's just the way the Banzuke is structured, where you only look to the top. But like I was saying, a Minamenashima, a retired 2008 retired third division guy, would only ever beat Australia's best Rikshi. It's like, unless you actually get into amateur sumo yourself and really try to compete, you don't understand the skill gap that's there. And I think that's where that kind of attitude comes from. Exactly, yeah. And at, to me, that's unfortunate because at, as one of those athletes, you know, we, we work hard, you know? And whenever you see people like Eric Wynn and Mark Jones and freaking Joe Ponsetto, freaking JJ Jones, Justin Kizzard, these fucking international competitors, fuck, fucking Edibo, these dudes work- Kelly Ann. Kellyanne, fucking hell yeah, Kellyanne. Yeah. But work their asses off so hard. You know, they they do it every day, but they don't live the the lifestyle. They, you know, they have to have jobs, support themselves, you know, do that. Given that, they still get out there, practice their discipline. They increase their skill level and they just fucking do it. And to me, that's important. That's the thing. And whenever people, you know, like I saw on Leo Dickinson's little comment page, you know, just those snide little remarks, it made me feel like they were just like completely naughty, just ignoring, you know, the amount of like hard work and passion, you know, that we put into it. And it's just like, fuck yeah. you, you armchair ass Oyakata, you don't know shit, never done a Shiko in your entire fucking life. Well, that's when you know you've made it, when you get <laughs> haters, right? Isn't that how it goes? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you should be happy. You should be proud of yourself. I wouldn't be too quick to completely dismiss them because it is possible they just don't know what they don't know. Yeah. Yeah, true. Where it's like I was never able to contextualize how good third division was until I saw a third division guy go at it. And I was like, I get it now. I didn't for the previous year, but now I get it. Yeah, there was a, a guy that lives in Florida. Uh, his name's Soslan, but when he was in the Makauchi division, his uh, Shikona was Wakanoho. And uh, he wrestled. There's a little video of him. Um, there's a guy in Florida named Jordan Sykes. I think he just turned 18. He's either 17 or 18. Uh, he's a champion weightlifter and he's a footballer. He's like six foot seven. And uh, that's like way, well over two meters, about maybe 2.25 meters. He weighs, no, I think he weighs about maybe what, 350, something like that. He's a, he's a big boy, mm. but he's a very muscular boy. And this dude, I think the only person that he didn't beat at some of these recent Florida tournaments was Mark Jones. Like Mark Jones, the ginger gorilla is, he's a Titan. Seriously, this dude is built like fucking Thanos and he will, he just manhandles everybody. So, uh, you know, Jordan Sykes usually gives him a pretty good fight, but to see Wakanoho just fucking all Jordan Sykes did was, uh, you know, he tachied him and he's, you know, trying to tr- trying to drive. He can't move the dude. He's just kind of sit and he's standing up straight. 
damn near straight like oh yeah let's see what you got and just and he's like okay you're going down now and then just kind of like does you know a couple of spins and uwatanages him fucking like grabs the back of his head and just fucking throws him like he was a fucking little rag doll little teddy bear little something <laughs> it was just like whoa and it was on uh, instagram you know i just watched that video on a loop over and over right. again of just wakanoho man handling jordan sykes it's like jesus because i just never saw anyone other than mark jones really give jordan sykes that hard of a time uh, that reminds me of something actually right. uh biamba was he ever pro I think Biamba was pro. I think he uh, might have gone to Makushta, if I'm remembering correctly. Okay, because for some reason that just made me remember that one video of him lifting up fucking Kelly Knighting. Oh, yeah. Who's a huge <laughs> fucking dude and just slamming him on the fucking mat. Oh, God, that just, uh, it makes me happy every time I see it. But that's for other reasons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, okay, so think about the World Games, too. You know, so we have guys yes. like, you know, uh, Gilberto De La Torre. Well, we go to uh, Biamba, highest rank, Makushita, 15, in March 2005. Yep. Yeah, so dude was fucking skilled. And for he, sure. Yeah, he, he, de- he took R.I.P. Like, Biamba. R.I.P. Biamba. Yeah. He did take several um, world titles, uh, amateur world titles, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. World but, Combat Games, gold in 2013 in the heavyweight, and then bronze in open weight in Beijing. Man. Yeah. Hang on, in 2013 and 2010, Beijing, he got bronze. And then in the World Games, 2009, he got gold as well. Yeah, and he was a real deal. every single U.S. sumo open he entered. Oh, hell yeah. Which really just emphasizes the point I was making earlier, is like, that's what a third division pro guy can do. Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of what I, you know, where I was wanting to go with that, is uh, there was uh, Ono Sato, you know, who whose real name, Daiki Nakamura, was at the World Games in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, I'm going to have to go back and try to watch videos. I don't remember if any of the American guys got to fight him. I think maybe Gil did, Gilberto. And that's another thing, too, not to, like, um, interrupt you, but the with the World Games... They didn't even stream the whole thing. They had like highlights, and then afterward, you couldn't even find it anymore. I know. That like, sucks. the only content you can find for it now is where we had recorded somebody in the audience live streaming it from their phone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can find a couple hmm. of, uh, some some people have ripped it and posted it now. You'll find it like, you, you kind of have to go to page three and four of the YouTube search. Yeah, but for a long time, our content was the only content for the World Games. And that's actually our most watched content. (laughs) Yeah, the 2022 World Games. And unfortunately, we weren't even able to get all of it because we were having uh, technical issues. But anyway, back to what you were saying. So, um, you know, Daiki Nakamura, uh, I think he got the gold in, was it open weight? It's something. It was, I think it was. I've slept a few times. <laughs> I know that uh, Hidatora Hanada got the gold in regulation, I think. And I think Daiki Nakamura got the gold in open weight. Or it could have been inversed. Whatever. All I'm really saying is that he's in Jurio now. You know, Ono Sato yeah. is in Jurio. So there are people, you know, on Congratulations. the. Congratulations. Yeah. But there's people on the amateur level, on the international amateur level, that have fought those kinds of people, that have fought those kinds of competitors. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, they're 
is a fucking skill gap, you know? <laughs> but that means that there are American sumo tori that could potentially get that high. Yeah. Every pro rikshi starts out as an amateur in some way or another. Some of them even start out never having done sumo before at all. Yeah, look at, um, what was his name? Sintoryu. Uh, well, he's from St. Louis, Missouri. His name's, I think it's Henry Miller. Mm. But yeah, Sintoryu, I think he's half Japanese and half African American, uh, grew up in Japan, and, you know, I think he got to the Makauchi division. I think he got to, like, uh, like lower my Gashira ranks. I can't, I can't quite remember, but he has his own YouTube channel and he's been putting a lot of his old fights on there. And, uh, like that dude, his power is palpable. Even if you're just watching these old grainy videos of him, you could just see ripples through the other Rikishi's bodies from his fucking Tachi eye. That dude was brutal. Yeah. yeah so when these people say, Oh, look at these wannabe Jono Kuji. Yeah, dude. Some of them actually are. And a few of those may actually get there. I know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, oh, and then there was a, we can't forget Waka Ichiro. Waka Ichiro from fucking Houston, Texas. I think he, Oh, yeah. I think he got to Sandanme. I don't know if he made it to Makushta, but I think he might have gotten as high as Sandanme. But that was, you know, another fucking you know, American that had been in sumo. So there've been, you know, Westerners, people that have done really well on the amateur circuit that have crossed over into pro sumo, not just Japanese and Mongolian people, or, you know, some of the Eastern Europeans that we see, you know, in the pros, there have actually been Americans as well. And even though the uh, amateur scene may not be as well-funded just as of yet. We may not have a whole lot of resources. We might have to do things really DIY. We might uh, get kicked out of the world games for stupid reasons. <laughs> but hey, we're making it work. We're bringing sumo to the people, to those who want it. And We're if you're, trying, damn it. Yeah, if you're just one of those purists, you know, that thinks that only the only sumo is grand sumo, then you're missing out. You're missing out on a lot. The community just by itself is so welcoming and so willing to just be there for each other and help each other grow and succeed. You know, it's not 100%. like any, it's not like any other martial art that I've ever experienced. This is a completely different community than any other, not even just mar martial art, but any other sport that I can think of. Yeah, no, 100%. I've collaborated with a lot of people on Subscribe to Soul City Sumo on YouTube. <laughs> and uh, the way I did it wasn't through any, like, finagling or charisma or anything. I just said, hey, do you want to talk about sumo? And you know what they said? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so... It's, that's that's it's really that simple. Like we had Jason on the channel, and it was just like, yeah. "Hey man, you want to come on the show and talk sumo?" And he said yes, and that's just how it's been with everyone. Or it's like everyone who does sumo gets so into sumo, and it's like everyone else around it is like just so happy to have someone else to chat the mo with, you know? Yeah. So like, that's the experience I've had. Everyone has so much love for everyone else doing sumo. Exactly, it wants to encourage other people to at least try it out. You know, and wants to encourage each other to get to that next skill level so that they have someone, uh, you know, more skilled to uh, test their own skills out against and stuff. 
And once you actually do sumo, uh, just competing in amateur sumo, it gives you a major perspective of how much freaking power and strength that the pro ricochet have. And you really do see them more as demigods in that capacity. (laughs) Just to have that much skill and that much strength. It's just like, wow, that's fucking gnar. Yeah, no, it's taken a while to get a good touch here. And, like, even now, I look at, like, Asuna Yama, and it's like, man. He's a battery <laughs> It's like, ram. I think I'm getting somewhere. And then I look at Octo Fuji, and it's like, <laughs> man. <laughs> I know. I need to practice my touch. Yeah, my touch eye is very weak right, right. now. <laughs> you were talking about, like, amateur sumo being, like, disconnected earlier. And, like, we're making efforts to, like, really bring everything together. I'm, mm-hmm. in my own way, trying to, like unite all the sumo people under one thing it's because i sort of see it as like youtube wise subscribe to salty sumo on youtube uh <laughs> we're disconnected and so that's why like all the collaborations have been like i got together with um dallas sumo club i chatted up Corey, brought him on the show we started chatting yeah. i flew over i'm meeting more people and like trying to bring about the community in my own way you guys do sumo and you go to other people's competitions you know that's a big part of it as well but, like, because it's so disconnected, you look at pro sumo and it's like, what's the top of the mountain? Yokozuna. Got it. What's the most important thing to win? The Emperor's Cup. How do you do that? By going up the Banzuke. Yeah. Got it. It is incredibly cut and dry. Yeah. And, like, even, like, the alternate leagues where it's like, there's a university scene. And everyone in the university scene understands we're not on the Banzuke. And then you go to the high school scene. And what's everyone in the high school scene trying to do? Get good enough to... Get on the Banzuke. Yeah. What's what's the top of the mountain in Amish Asuma? Honestly, it's pretty much the same. Get uh, get on the Banzuke. Is there's just a lot more hurdles for right. uh, people outside of Japan. You know. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and even if you don't make it to pro, I would say some of the very top goals would be the world championships in japan the world sumo championships in japan which were actually happening later this month aren't they no october or the beginning of october yeah i knew it was coming up soon october 6th and 7th actually have a bunch of stuff i have to do to prepare for that but um you know that's one of the things and then of course um there's the world games which is like one step down from the olympics there's world combat games world combat games yes and you know the thing so to me, there's, uh, you know, these regional uh, tournaments, you know, like the Grand Rapids Tournament, Consulates Cup, you know, Cowboy Cup. Um, then you have these uh, national tournaments, you know, um, like, well, like nationals. And the U.S. Sumo Open, you know, is pretty much like an international tournament. It's it's mm-hmm. on a national scale, but with international competitors. Yeah. And then... Uh, and just recently, even some the of them- Scottish Sumo Open. Yeah. Fucking- which... My mate Scott Finley put together and had a massive tournament, and it's going to be bigger next year. I know. That's going to be so fucking cool. And we will go to it next year. European Cup at this point. Yeah, there was a, what was it, the Swiss Sumo Open as well. Um, What's that? That uh, didn't Eric win and Edibo? Oh, yeah. (laughs) They did, yeah. And then um, what I was going to say, too, is even some of these regional tournaments get international competitors. At the Consulates Cup, we actually had. The oh, there was Kokai. Kokai was a former uh, Mike Ashira. Uh, no, he was, was he a Komosubi? 
I believe he was a Komisubi, yeah. Former Komisubi, Kokai. Yeah, Kokai. No, I think he might have just been a Mike Shinoda. Anyway, he was a former Makauchi Rikishi from Georgia, and he brought his little buddy Zura with him. And Zura actually yes. was the European champion. Uh, I don't remember the exact years, but multi-winner, you know, multi-state. Multi-year European champion. Yes, thank yeah. you. So, <laughs> But yeah, that guy was a brute. No one could beat that guy. Yeah. He manhandled every all of our strongest dudes. He just fucking right. yeah, just. But that's that's the type of thing that I want to foster, though. I want there to be more people from all over the place just meeting up over a love of sumo, and I think it could happen. Shit, it's already happening. You know, Gaga Maru and Kokai and Zura. Uh, fucking, you know, there's going to be more people coming, you know, from Japan. Hakuho came to Canada. I bet we could convince him to come to Texas if we try hard enough. Yeah, I'm pretty sure J- Corey If you're listening to this, Hakuho came to Canada and you didn't go, JJ. Why didn't you go? <laughs> oh, no. I was going to say, I'm, I'm fairly certain that Corey and Siggy are going to somehow Manipulate Tochin Ocean into coming to <laughs> Texas sometime within the do. next year or so. <laughs> yeah, did you ever meet Russ um, in the Dallas team? There was a lot of people, man. What did he look like? Uh, he's kind of like got short cropped hair and he's got uh, shit. What did you say? Blue eyes? He's a white guy. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah, he bought me an AMF at the after party. Yeah, that guy, that guy. So that's Russ. Russ was wearing a Tochin Ocean shirt at uh, the uh, Consulate's Cup, and Kokai saw him and like it was like, oh yeah, that's a cool shirt. Took a picture of it and then texted it to Tochin Ocean. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So I'm hoping that that you know starts some rumblings because you know how Corey ended up getting Gagamaru, you know, or actually I think it was Siggy that got Gagamaru. They just got drunk and called him. <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know that. They just called him on Instagram. That's awesome. <laughs> and, and he answered. Oh my god! Isn't that isn't that just what I was saying? Where it's like, hey, you want to talk sumo? And then the sumo <laughs> person said yes. Yes. Exactly. That's something. Yes, uh, that's so cool. I never even heard that story before, but that's that checks out. I think. we were there. <laughs> Wait, we what? were there. It was after the Cowboy Cup and. <gasps> It was you and me and fucking Jake from Grand Sumo Breakdown. Like, Jake was all drunk. I think you were all drunk and I was all sober. It was at that after party? Yeah, and we were all oh laying on God. the floor. And then, like, Corey came and was like, everybody, shh, shh, shh. And he ran through the house while he was on the phone. And then he, like, ran out, you know? Uh, That's who he was talking to. Oh, my God. <laughs> you can literally just call X Rikshi on Instagram. <laughs> I know. Just fucking call God Amaru. I can't Amaru. believe it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Higo Hikari. Here I come. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. But I think that more... Okay, up something that I don't know if it's helping or hurting amateur sumo, but it's like Caleb wants to go to the Japanese university scene and compete. Um, Edo wants to go pro. Yeah. The best people, some of the best people in amateur sumo, want to leave amateur sumo. Yeah. Well, if you think well, about... Well, like, the, the, the college or, you know, the university circuit in Japan, that's still technically amateur, yeah. uh, even within the rule set, uh, you know, whenever you get the Sandanme or Makushita Tsukadashi, you know, whenever they say, oh, well, you won the All Japan uh, Sumo Tournament, so that means you could join the pros as Makushita 15. So whenever they do that, it's like you have to win full one of four major... Um, you know, amateur titles. Mm-hmm. And, but they do specify, they say, this is an amateur title. 
But it's it's a lot more serious. It is. The competition. It's a lot also more a fierce. level above amateur, though. That's what I was about to say. It's it's a it's definitely that transition area because whenever you know kids in high school join pro sumo, they're joining as like sixteen year old kids and you know Jonakuchi and then Jonadon, and they're still going to sumo school. They're still learning and they haven't built up that physique. They're still you know they're still kids. And uh, that's that's kind of where I was just like, you know, a 16-year-old kid, yeah, maybe he's got some skill, but you got like a 20, 24-year-old fucking giant, huge fucking Mongolian dude, probably going to lose to the Mongolian dude. Another thing, too, is that they're only allowed to have one foreigner per stable. Yeah, that's So even if you want to go pro... There's a huge chance that it's never going to happen. Yeah, like like what what happened to Minde, you know? I mean, yeah. that's unfortunate because he is so fucking good. And I know he probably could have gone up to, you know, the Makauchi division. And I, but. I see what you're saying, Goose. It sounds like you're saying that we need to have some sort of... Uh, some sort of structure in amateur sumo that encourages these top players to stick with amateur sumo. Something that incentivizes right. them to uh, continue to be part of this form of sumo. And how is that done? I mean, I'm sure lots of people have lots of of opinions about it. And see, you have guys like Sumo Dan and Cornelius Booker that are doing things like these... um, uh, What was the tournament that they did? Um, Not the one that they're doing in Orlando. That's Mr. Atlas. What was the other one that they did recently? It was it... Was it Mr. America? Something like that. Yeah, I don't know. It was it was Sumo Dan's, but it was like a bodybuilder expo. It was some sort of Mister Manly Man fucking expo. <laughs> no, it was it was a bodybuilding uh, fitness expo, and uh, Sumo Dan booked a sumo tournament there, but he had some stipulations. It was invitation only, and he only invited competitors that had been uh, either, you know, meddled in national tournaments, or I think maybe even meddled in international tournaments, but he really only had some hardcore players, and um, and he made them compete uh, traditional. No one could wear the compression shorts. Yeah, but you had to show your butt cheeks, <laughs> or you couldn't do it. So he wanted to do it because he wanted there to be, you know, an elite level of amateur competition, and I'm all about that. You know, I really do think there should be, uh, if we could coalesce some people, have there be that super high, hardcore, honed your skill level of competition. Whenever you see guys like Eric Wynn have to fight somebody that just started sumo six months ago, mm-hmm. the, it's all Eric Wynn has to do is just kind of like shove him out a couple of times and they go flying. But when Eric Wynn fights somebody that's a seasoned vet, you know, like Gilberto De La Torre, they're in there for a while. You know, you don't know who's going to win. You could see yeah. some some high-speed chess moving. It's, it's not one-sided. But I really do think... Eric is the best example we have of why Yotachi I met is. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the yes. amount of people I've seen him beat without actually fighting is ridiculous. I know. That's fucking insane. There's a new guy. Uh, I think he... Is is he part of Dark Circle or Mighty Eagle? But his name is Jay... Scri- is it Scriven? Scriven? I'm... I don't I'm sorry, know. Jay, if I mispronouncing your last name. I'm going to say Scriven because that's just what I think it is. But his Tachiai is like getting hit by a fucking like Volkswagen Beetle. Like it just hurts that fucking much. <laughs> and you could just see the impact on people. Man, he hinked my ass. I was waiting for that Tachiai. He fucking hinked me. <laughs> oh, I remember who you're talking about. Okay. 
okay, yeah. Because everybody was surprised to see that. I know. <laughs> Even, I think it was Jake... It was either Jake or Jared who was saying like, oh yeah, Matt's really going to want this, uh, to feel this Tachi eye. And then he just like jumps to the side and everyone's <laughs> like, oh, Matt didn't get his meat smacked. <laughs> but I really do really want there to be um, like that super high rung of just intense competition where the best of the best of the best could just really well, let loose and not have to worry about hurting anybody. Part of the issue well, in the U.S. is that the overarching uh, governing body of U.S. amateur sumo <laughs> is... Um, All right. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have to go into detail on it, but it's not exactly uh, very effective at... A lot of the goals that the rest of the U.S. sumo community wants to work toward. So there's there is that. Right, that's a whole yeah. situation. I oh, yeah. could sort of understand. Yeah, it's been partially explained to me by other people, but it doesn't sound very pleasant. Yeah. But you're talking about like the big competition for everyone to do. Well, the thing that got me all stuck. All st- I, I only speak English. The thing that got me started <laughs> about this whole situation was when I was in Dallas with you guys. And Hayden says to me, wouldn't it be cool if there was an American Banzake? Ah. And I was in that moment, even then, I thought about it and said, that sounds great, but that could only work if there was money in it because people wouldn't want to risk their jobs and you know themselves for an amateur Banzake. The yeah. problem with that is the only way you can put money in it is by putting people in it. Yeah. So, and there have been tournaments that have had cash prizes. I know, um, but in, not something where like they could actually be considered a professional athlete. Oh yeah, you definitely can't live off of it. You know, I think the one that um, the one that I'm thinking of was in Houston, had like a two hundred dollar cash prize or something like that. Yeah. You know, it's not a lot at all. But if we had some sort of like functional fundraising. Um, Infrastructure and consistent infrastructure. Funding. That's the word. Fucking infrastructure. Then you know we might be able to get to that level eventually. But it's it's hard to I'll tell. Put it how it's gonna go right now. Someone has to do it first. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm saying this. If I ever win the fucking Powerball, you know, the lottery, <laughs> if I, you know, get the wild hair up my ass to buy a lottery ticket and I actually win the billions of dollars, that's what I'm going to do with it. I'm going to give some money to my tribe. I'm going to buy a house and my mama a house and then my dad a house. And then I'm going to fucking build a fucking goddamn no. national sumo infrastructure. No, you know what we do if and that ever happens? And get NHK streaming rights for Salt City Sumo. Yeah! You know what we actually do if that ever happens? We start our own fucking sumo federation. <laughs> but we'll be a pro federation. You're a pro sumo federation of America. Not like not actual pro, pro, not ozumo, but, like, yeah. but you know athletes that could you know. Maybe, we have to you know. find another term for it because if everybody's like referring to grand sumo or ozumo as pro sumo, then like what is the top level amateur sumo like what can we refer to that as or do we just take the term oh. pro sumo and then only refer to ozumo or grand sumo or whatever that's, by those terms that's what the international sumo federation was wanting to do is instead of calling it amateur sumo they wanted to call it international sumo i'm down with that yeah i like it yeah 
So international sumo is, you know, what we do, but then you have the grand sumo or, you know, ozumo because or pro sumo. The thing, the O in ozumo is like a Japanese concept where, um, where like O means like, you know, true and greatest version of. Yeah. Right. Where it's like the le- the legendary sensei that exists at the top of like karate or something is called the O sensei. Yeah. yeah. So O doesn't mean pro, it means like the best form of basically. Yes. Yes. And even if we were to use the term international sumo, that even kind of speaks to, um, you know, while any other form of sumo is going to be specifically this form of sumo that's in Japan, not international. It's just Japan. But but I don't know why that made me think of this, but it's another thing that always just kind of fucking bit my ass is whenever people do see the the fucking the pool noodle tawara or as they call it the basic <laughs> basically whenever we don't have a clay dohyo and we have to use wrestling mats and then the uh you know the tarp dohyo that does have the the foamy tawara on it yeah so that's a regulation dohyo that is you know set forth by the international sumo exactly. federation and do you know who runs the international sumo federation Japan. Yeah. Yeah, it's a Japanese institution, but yeah, they have things in other they languages. They use those in Japan too. They do. Oh, that needs that needs to be made a little bit more clear then, because I never knew that. Yeah. So especially when you see the really gaudy, you know, it's the white tarp with like the sea foam green or turquoise looking tawara. That's like yeah. the number one regulation dohyo. Yeah, we got those. Two. You'll see it, and you, if you look at the Russia Sumo Federation, you'll see that's the dohyo they're using. If you watch, like, elementary school tournaments in Japan, if they're not on the clay, that's what they're using. Yeah, it's just Dark Circle Sumo Club that has the goth dohyo. I love the goth <laughs> But then you got Mighty Eagle. They have their own, uh, like, custom-made colors and stuff, too. But that's... That's kind of where I see the main problem, where it's like there is no top of the food chain for international sumo. I really wish there was a lot more funding to get the athletes, you know, to these different countries to compete because there's so much, so much talent that can't make it over there. You know, there's a lot of people that have the the skills and the ability, but they don't have the money. Americans are poor. Yeah. You do, know? do you remember? Uh, Henry? We don't get paid a lot. Do you remember uh, Nationals um, in Las Vegas? I think that was either, I think that was 2021 Nationals, uh, whenever the Hawaiians came oh, and yeah. dominated everybody. Remember Henry? Yeah, I remember Henry. Yeah, Henry like has the highest Shiko that I've seen of, you know, outside of Eddie Midorikawa. Yeah. Henry did have like the highest fucking Shiko and he just fucking dominated everyone at Nationals. It was insane. But that dude, that dude, uh, if, if he had the funds, you know, because he lives in Hawaii, uh, you, I, and they had to do a lot of fundraising to bring them to the mainland so that they could compete in nationals. But if he had the funds to compete internationally, no one could fucking stop that dude. I'm highly convinced that if he just, you know, was in the right place at the right time, he probably could have gone pro. Yeah. You know, I've seen some other countries, uh, specifically European countries, that do seem to have their shit together a lot more than Norway. we do. Here in the U.S., yeah, Poland, yeah, the Swiss. I mean, yeah, Ukraine. Man, yeah. The, those Ukrainian athletes, they fucking put their all into it, and they fuck. They actually they have studied in Japan. In fact, because of the the conflict, there are some you know Ukrainian sumotori that are still stuck in Japan. Are they still <laughs> so, there? There's a few that are. Yeah. Oh wow. 
But yeah, they they seem to have like uh, more organized uh, national federations. They seem to have better fundraising and stuff like that. It's just not happening here in the U.S. like it is. But there's there's so much interest getting drummed up. And so with all this interest, if we could just keep people watching and keep people interested, that means we have to keep putting ourselves out there. We can fucking drum up the support. All we really need, we need the infrastructure and the funding. That's like the main fucking hurdle. Uh, the other thing that we really need is to make sure that we could start sending American Sumatori to uh, international competitions and really fucking put ourselves on the map. And uh, the other thing that I would really like to do is to make amateur sumo coverage more mainstream by and i know that's asking a lot by mainstream american broadcast media Uh, you know just even if it's just like you know they'll show fucking little league baseball why can't you show the fucking consulates cup what's the sumo federation like in australia because i think isn't uh john trail it's john John. yeah (laughs) like is he like that's it it's just him oh shit there is not much sumo here. Oh man! <laughs> oh, but I you, have to but go you guys to had America Katrina Watts. For a chance at big competition. We have one training a month. Caleb has to drive an hour and a half to get to his training. We have to hunt down retired pros that have oh. recently taken up an interest in it. You don't realize how good you have it. Oh man! But back in the day, there was a what was it? Katrina Watts? Didn't she used to? be a translator and hang out with all the Ozumo guys. Wasn't she? Yeah, but she she was more in the, like... She was president of the uh, Australian Maybe. Sumo Federation, I thought, at one point. That was before my time. I, I, think, I think that was, was before, I think that was before John. Yeah, she was highly involved in international sumo. That's how she met Uda and all that. She was his translator before he went pro. And so she, and she was a translator for uh, Tochi and Gagamaru. But I thought, like, she... Her, like, main base was more in, like, Japan. I, I don't know. She was, well, I mean, she's You know Australian who we Ashley. should ask? We should ask Scott Finley. You know who we should ask? We should just ask <laughs> her herself. Know. We could do that, too, yeah. Because yeah, she's, she's listened to us before. Has she? No, yeah. Scott is the goddamn sumo oracle and knows all and tells all. He's an absolute blessing. I'm glad I know him. He helped get the channel off the ground. I appreciate him for that. He gave us a chance when we were very, very small. A lot of respect for Scott. Also, he's a Scottish man named Scott. That's really (laughs) funny. (laughs) No, I I fucking love that man. I think it's cute. (laughs) We had him on the show. um, Oh, gosh. How long has it been It's whenever he he first uh, was planning the Scottish Sumo Open. He announced it on our show. Yeah. And he's just so fucking hilarious. <laughs> he is. And he's he's just such a sweet boy. And uh, I love Scott. Yeah. He's a minch. <laughs> yeah. No, there was, um, because, like, the way I do the show is, like, when we're on, like, the main camera, I have, like, our proper names. Like, when we're watching the stuff, when we cut to, like, the side camera to just, like, look at the barns, okay, I put, like, joke names above us, and the one I had on him was Scott Burgundy. (laughs) (laughs) And he only realized, like, an hour and a half into it, and then he blew up on me and called me, Why is my name Scott Burgundy? You're way funny. (laughs) (laughs) Like, my bad. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, no, but uh, man, all I'm really thinking is if we really want to get amateur sumo off the fucking ground, we just have to keep putting it in people's faces and make people put money into it. 
You know, what I'm yeah. kind of thinking is maybe I should put some of my college, like, student group president, honor student, overachiever skills to use and, uh, you know, kind of see... Since I can't actually do sumo myself due to my health issues, I can at least do more behind the scenes. Yeah. You know? I should get together with uh, with people like uh, Kellyanne and Brenda because they're much closer to the uh, like National Federation and what goes on there. Yeah. I should talk to them about that. You should. Kellyanne's like actually the social media guru of the Federation now. Yeah, it really just takes people taking initiative. But uh, you were going to kind of summarize your points and uh, give us some last words on... What is the topic of this? Amateur sumo? Amateur We've sumo. talked about the so many different things sumo. so far. Let's go yeah. ahead and uh, uh, give us some last yeah, words. Yeah, but the points I very slowly and attempted to make over the last however long it's been. Like hours is and like a half. <laughs> Amateur sumo, like there's eyes on sumo as is. Whenever I talk to someone about it or bring it to their attention, they get interested. It's like, oh, I didn't know you could watch it. So it's, it's facing a hurdle in the fact that just people are ignorant of it. Like, they just don't realize that it's there, but they know what sumo is. The problem with the other end of that case is that the best amateur sumo that we have want to leave to do more sumo. So my thoughts is, well, why don't we make something worth staying for in outside of Ozuma? Yes. But the problem with that is how do you get the money to make that worthwhile by getting people to do that? How do you get people to do that by having money to make it worthwhile? So it's a strange paradox where no one's got the funds to really get it off the ground unless Siggy seduces some oil billionaire out in a bar in Texas. But she's working on it. Shit. That's what I was about to say. I'm looking for that lottery ticket. Shit, if I could get that fucking Powerball ticket, that's what I'm banking on. I'm just going to have to rob a bank. <laughs> but honestly, Goose, I'm in, I'm, I'm in agreement. I am in hardcore agreement. And, you know, whenever uh, I was thinking about, you know, like an elite level of uh, international competition, especially when I saw what Sumo Dan or Dan Kalbfleisch had been putting together. He's the one that's been doing these muscle man, you know, sumo tournaments where he only recruits elite athletes, you know, to compete. Mm. But I really do want to see a lot more for women's competition as well. I think that yes. there are a lot, especially in South America, Brazil, there are some hardcore women sumotori in Brazil, in Chile, freaking And that's Argentina. the only opportunity that women sumotori have. They can't go pro. So, you know, at least setting something up like an elite level just for the women doing amateur sumo would be such a step forward. Hell yeah, to put their fucking faces on the Wheaties box like they fucking deserve, you know? <laughs> yeah. Shit. I would fucking like have Konhiori on a fucking Wheaties. I would keep that Wheaties box. I mean, I'd eat the cereal, <laughs> but I would keep that fucking Wheaties box. But imagine that. Imagine a world where there are fucking, you know, hardcore fucking international sumo tori that we know on the goddamn Wheaties box. Do people That's even cool. know what Wheaties are anymore? What? Cereal with athletes on it. Do they still make that? They still make Wheaties. Okay, anyway. Do they have Wheaties in Australia? We have Wheat Bix. 
<laughs> Maybe not Wheaties. <laughs> Whatever the Australian version is of the athlete cereal. Put the sumatori right. on that. But I'd, I'd love to see something like that. Um, I, I know a lot of people want to go train in Japan and want to go, you know, compete in Japan just to, you know, that's where sumo's from. And I, I get that's that. That's fine, you know. But when you come home, you know, what can you come home to? And that's where right. I'm in heavy agreement with Goose that we need an ultra elite level of competition so these people can fight. And beat the shit out of each other, not hurt everybody else, you know, that hasn't been doing sumo for as long or doesn't quite have that skill level. And I really think that there should be a place for women sumo tori to shine. I mean, look at fucking goddamn Caitlin Jones, fucking Lady Hakuho herself. She could fucking be like, you know, throwing fucking forearms at people's faces, like fucking all over the world on fucking TVs all over the yeah. place. Man, it she- makes me think of MMA. The way that it grew over the decades and even like the the female competitors in that, you know, like who would even be paying attention if it weren't for the way that they were get they were able to get it in front of so many people and like, oh, like grow the organization like, like they did. One, like the one promotion uh, with uh, Stamp Fairtex and Victoria Lee and mm-hmm. you know yeah that's like my favorite fucking MMA promotion just because I love how much uh, one focus, championship yeah yeah how much focus they subscribe put on to women. Rod Tang <laughs> Rod Tang's a bad motherfucker. <laughs> But I love that they put a lot of uh, emphasis on the women's competitors, too, because they're brutal. They're fucking mean. I mean, you can see the dudes beat the shit out of each other, but those women, they don't fuck around either. Fuck no, dude. And in sumo, it's very much the same. The women don't fuck around either. <laughs> exactly. Any other last words for us, Goose? Uh, yep. Yeah, if you get married, people think you're finished, but if you don't, people think you're incomplete. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the patriarchy that's all I gotta for say. you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Goose, where can people find you on the internet? Subscribe to Salt City Sumo on YouTube. Oh, really? <laughs> I've never heard that before. Isn't Good there another uh, platform y'all have on another video thingy? We have a backup on Twitch, but subscribe to Salt City Sumo on YouTube <laughs> every day of every bar show for the two hours of top division it starts at 5 p.m brisbane time you can translate that in whatever goddamn forsaken time zone you live in you're all in the past it sucks i hate you (laughs) subscribe to salt city sumo on youtube (laughs) and if you wanted to find us we are everywhere on the internet salt city sumo on youtube You can, in fact, find us on Salt City Sumo as well. On YouTube. Periodically. (laughs) But we're also on uh, Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We are on YouTube, yes. We're on Twitter. If you find us on Twitter, it's going to be Punk Sumo because I fucked up the Twitter. We also have how many stores? Two fucking stores. We have one on Redbubble and we have one on Tee Public. They have different colored shirts. So if you can't find what you're looking for on one, try it on the other one. We recently came out with a spectacular Chiyonofuji design that you should definitely check out. And, and if you if you know any uh, Chiyonofuji fans in your life, this is the perfect shirt for them. 
Oh yeah, people have been going wild Me, about this shit. I'm a Chiona Fuji fan. I'll oh. buy a shirt for him. And if you like the show, definitely give us a five-star rating. It helps other people find it. While you're at it, go give Salt City Sumo a fucking five-star rating because those motherfuckers deserve it. They work hard to get you this fucking content. And you know what you should do? Subscribe to Salt City Sumo on YouTube. (laughs) Yeah, and after you subscribe to them on YouTube, you should subscribe to us on YouTube so we could uh, hit that uh, 1,000 people thing so we can get monetized yeah subscribe to everyone it's gonna be a subscription orgy you guys it's gonna be great we're gonna have vegemite it'll be awesome you know when you said vegemite my mind just went straight to lube i wonder why (laughs) please i'm trying to save you people well that's our show thanks for having me on can't wait to see you again Bye. bye